by Riverside. What's happening, man? I feel like I have not seen you in a Garage Takes podcast episode in quite some time. How are you? I'm doing real well, man. Yeah, it's been a few months. Um, it's good to be back. It is hot in this garage now uh, compared to the last time we were here. But um, yeah, man, it feels really good to be back. Um, just here to get into it. Yeah, and shout out, first of all, right now, let's just kick this thing off. Is we, we are calling this Season 2, Episode 1, Garage Takes. You all, for our followers, our subscribers from last year, you all remember, we, we just started this thing literally from the garage, from the basement, if you will. We didn't even have a logo. We've got our logo updated. We've got uh, We've got some new gear and we're excited we're excited about it to be honest like this is what we're kind of considering to be the relaunch of garage takes and if you haven't done so already do us a huge favor hit that subscribe button hit that follow button you know whatever app you're using whether that's apple podcast or spotify go ahead and do that for us right now if you haven't already done so that's the quickest way to support the podcast because believe it or not as we started this thing off just kind of as a fun hobby between brant and i and for those of you that don't know us we've been friends unfortunately for over 30 years now um, or fortunately, I mean, and uh, sure. this started as just an idea of, you know, really, I got to credit that to you, Brant said, hey, man, we uh, we 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 talk quite often on the phone on our way home from work. And all we ever talk about is sports. Why not launch a podcast? And I thought you were kind of kidding. Not sure what to think of it. And then it just we did it and it kind of took off like we had way more downloads and followers than we were ever expecting and so we kind of thought let's take a little break for a few months and kind of launch this thing back up in july as we're all enjoying our summers but also gearing up for football season you know that's on the on the horizon and we thought this would just kind of be the perfect time to hit the relaunch button so uh, this is the garage takes podcast we appreciate you all listening and we're excited to to get right into it and you know the last thing i'll say about brant and i is we are, if you read the description of the podcast, we are literally just a couple of average guys sitting here in the beautiful state of Michigan recording this podcast in our garage every single week, giving our takes. Um, and we are very opinionated and definitely underappreciated in our opinion. Um, but we uh, we have fun doing this. And and no, we don't know everything, but we'll definitely give you our takes. And, you know, we, we want some more engagement from our followers this year and and we want to hear your questions hear your comments get you maybe to call into the show but we're going to definitely have some fun with it this year so i want to kick things off that way first of all but we've got a loaded episode as we kind of get back into this thing we're going to talk about really just the the, the state of detroit sports right now i think it's an exciting time uh to be a fan in detroit which well let's be honest it hasn't been exciting in a while uh and on top of that we also want to talk about Michigan football. For those of you that listened last year, you know we're heavily focused on on Michigan football. Not that we we also focus on you know the Big Ten, Michigan State, and all of college football, but really Michigan football being kind of our our specialty, if you will. 
talking about what, what in the world Michigan is doing right now with the NIL process. Um, we're going to get into that. And we're going to have a little fun here at the end with a buy or sell segment that I haven't even told Brand about yet. So I hope you're ready, man. So go ahead. What were you going to say? I'm ready. I'm ready to do it, man. It's been a while. Let's get back into this. Okay. So Brant, right now we're sitting in the middle of July. Let's talk about just uh, the major sports in the, in the city of De- in the city of Detroit. You got the Tigers. That's a big thumbs down. Uh, you've got the Red Wings. You've got the Pistons. You've got the Lions. Right now, outside of the Tigers, there's a lot of ex- there's a lot to be excited about, Detroit fans. I'm telling you, there's a lot to be excited about. Brant, what are you most excited about? Is I kind of name those teams, and I don't know, maybe you have something exciting about the Tigers. Nothing more exciting than hearing Alavila maybe got fired, but. What excites you most right now about the state of Detroit sports? I think it's the Pistons, and I think it's a pretty easy um, it's a pretty easy answer for me. Uh, getting Ivy, getting Jaden Ivy and uh, uh, Jalen Duran in that draft uh, was just a masterpiece. The chef's kiss, if you will, of Troy Weaver just going to work. Um, and uh, what was that, Dave? Like a day or two before that, he had made a trade. Um and got the was it the Bucks first round pick in twenty five? Day that before what it was? The, day before the draft, Jeremy Grant gets traded. Pistons fan overvalues what Jeremy was actually worth. Mm-hmm, um, right. he, they they essentially got a twenty twenty five Milwaukee Bucks first round pick, which is probably in the late twenties. And Pistons community was like, "Wow, that was pretty bad, Troy. We really trusted you up until then." Uh, but then go ahead and continue. So that was, the <laughs> well, well, I just, I, I, yeah, I just, yeah, I wanted the context behind that because I much like Dave said, average piston fan, whatever. It was kind of like, um, what was that? And Dave and I were kind of texting back and forth. And I think even Dave was kind of like, what in the heck are we doing, man? And, uh, little do we know he was still playing the chess game. Uh, just like Troy has done this entire time, he's playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers, it feels like. And while we haven't gotten a big free agent signing, Dave, uh, we are building, I think, in the right way. If you've watched the Summer League games, which I know you have, they've been exciting. Uh, they've had The one word I'll use is athleticism. Watching Ivy go to the hoop is, <laughs> it is NBA-level all-star stuff. Like You can just tell he has the twitch that uh, like the John Morants have that you're like, wow, he's just going to get to the hoop and he's going to be able to finish. Um, and then I watched Duran with a few dunks that I was like, man, he, he's got some Twitch too now. Um, and beef stew stepping out to the three point line. I just think that team uh, obviously with Cade um, has just a nice young to be able to build around and maybe not next year dave i think might, maybe next year they, they might be looking at 30 35 wins maybe what we thought might happen last year could be this year um that i'm really excited about and i think your average detroit fan is probably pretty excited um if they're following a little bit about the detroit pistons right now um and i think that's my that's my biggest thing that i'm excited for you just really took my pistons take didn't you Okay. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I'm excited about the Pistons and, and everything that they, everything that they're doing. I have no, I have no complaints. Um, that 
for me personally, like I'm the most excited about the Pistons, but that's also because I am unapologetically a huge Pistons fan and watch way too much Pistons basketball. But you, you you've you've taken those points. I'll take a different spin on this. Um, I'll, I'll touch on the. I mean, today's we're we're recording this right now on Wednesday, July thirteenth. And Stevie Y for the Red Wings have just just made a ton of a ton of moves and um, a a lot of and and I can't say I'm the I'm the biggest hockey guy out there by any means. But the David Perrin and Andrew Kopp signings from what I'm seeing on on Red Wings Twitter, like they're very excited, like, oh, wow, after kind of. You know, they didn't trade up for Shane Wright in the draft, which I know a lot of Wings fans wanted to happen. Uh, they they needed a center, and people were not questioning Stevie Why I think he has earned up to this point to just, he's earned his due to just say, we trust in Stevie. You hear that from across the city. But there was a little bit of, uh I don't know, like after, a, after the draft, like hoping that there was going to be a big move made, and there wasn't. Well, you had some big free agent signings today and hockey fans are really excited about it. They are. And, and I think that what that's telling me about the Red Wings is Stevie Y is saying, I'm sick of losing and, and we're going to next year we're competing. We, we're not going to compete for a Stanley cup, but we're competing for the playoffs. And that's got to excite you if you're a hockey fan in the, in the city of Detroit. So um, I, I, I think that that was very telling um if you will to some of these early signings that happened but the take that i was going to shift to would be the lions and i think if you're a lions fan you have a lot to be excited about um and okay now we're we've now covered and we're about to cover pistons wings and lions troy weaver stevie y and brad holmes you have three competent people in leadership positions in three out of your four major sports teams. That is something to be excited about. It just is. And I, I'm watching the Lions draft. I'll take everybody back to, what was that, like the end of April. I think it was like, actually, that was the last podcast we recorded of, of season one was live during the draft. And I'm watching – what I thought would happen, the Lions get Aiden Hutchinson, right, at, at number two. I mean, that's exciting. You've got a face for the franchise now. No, it's not just because I'm a Michigan homer or I was excited to see Hutch stay home. I mean, yes, I was, but you've got a face of the franchise now, a hard worker, a good character guy that is not just the – I know we overplay that sometimes, the good character thing, but this guy's a grinder, and I think if you look at – these three GMs that I just named, they're bringing in the same type of character guys that are willing to go to work. And that's what this city believes in. That is what this city, they they flock to it. They, these are the guys that they want to see on this team. So you bring in Aiden Hutchinson. And then what happens after that, Brant? What happens? As we, we log off that, that last podcast episode, and I'm just kind of bringing it back to the end of season one, we're like, okay, well, maybe Brad Holmes is going to make a move. Well, Brant, what happened after that? They drafted Jameson Williams. They traded up. Yeah, they completely fleeced the Vikings. They trade up, I believe, to number 13, and they get Jameson Williams. Now, 
say what you will about Jameson Williams, or you would have rather had somebody else at that point. I mean, sure, like Jordan Davis is on the board. Like, I, I, I remember that moment. I was like, uh, I don't know. But the bottom line is, first of all, I think Jameson Williams is, a, in my opinion, the best wide receiver, the highest ceiling in that draft to be a game changer. But it's not just Jameson Williams. My point is, why should you be excited about the Lions? I'll tell you why. The aggressive moves. The you're, Brad Holmes pushes chips in. I'm going to get my guy, and I love that. You want to know who else did that? Troy Weaver. He just did that. He just did that to move up and get Jalen Duran, which I still am confused how in the world the Knicks thought that this was. I mean, the Knicks decided to go all in on Jalen Brunson, and apparently he is going to be hopefully the MVP next year. But I'm looking at that move like, what What exactly did we give back? Like, I'm, I'm still confused by it. But Troy Weaver, he basically turned Jeremy Grant into Jalen Duran. And and that's an outstanding move. And you watched Brad Holmes do the exact same thing, move up, get his guy. Um, I mean, sure, as the draft goes on, like, I'm, you know, I, I can't say I, I know all of these guys. Or There were guys on the board, like, when he passed up N'Kobe Dean, I'm like, oh, dude, N'Kobe Dean is right there for you in the second round. They took Pascal or whatever. But the bottom line is, is that you have, and Stevie Y is the same way. They're making aggressive moves. And so I didn't quite say who I'm most – I mean, I'm most excited about the Pistons. I did say that, but Brand already answered that. The bottom line is, Detroit fans, you should be excited. You have three competent leaders right now that are aggressive. They're aggressive. They're not sitting back. They're not just letting the process play out, if you will, and giving you just poor entertainment year in and year out. They're aggressive, and that is what we have needed for so long. Yeah, I mean, Dave, when you think about it, um, you think about all these great moves that we just uh, made in the drafts and free agency and stuff like that, but when does the winning start? Like, what are the timelines for these teams? We, the Tigers' timeline has pretty much already expired, right? We've been talking rebuild. They've got some players. They made the free agent signing with Javi Baez, and now we're just what? We're still 15 six games below 500 whatever it is at the moment and it's just like when you look at these teams it's time to win i i don't remember the last time actually i do remember the last time a detroit sports team made a deep playoff run and it's been a decade at least if uh i think the 2012 tigers maybe the 2015 team did make a run but you know what i'm talking about a deep playoff run where the city can get behind and they can a uh, rally but Detroit sports has not given us anything to do uh, with with a rally cry or anything. And that's really unfortunate because, like you said, the city will come out and support. They'll go to the games, man. They'll show out in droves. Um, so maybe, and it's not going to start with the Lions. I, I don't know. I don't know what their over-under is this year, Dave. I think it's at like five right now for five and a half they're hanging around. Um, yeah, I don't see five them. five and a half, I believe. That, that's what I thought. Um, and, and I don't see them doing – if they go over, it won't be by much, but that's okay uh, because they kind of are still in a rebuild. We know that Jared Goff might not be the future. Now, if they flirt with nine or ten wins, he could be the future, and that's a whole separate conversation we can have in December, right? Like, we don't need to have that conversation today, um, and I know you don't want to have that conversation today, uh, and that's okay, man. But 
uh, I think it's time to start winning, and I really hope the Pistons can win, the, like I said earlier, 30 to 35 games, and that'll get the city kind of, uh, with the um, young players that they have and the young contracts that they have, followed by the wings, and if they can get some wins, it would just be awesome to see uh, because the Tiger season is pretty much in the dump, man. I don't think they're coming back. So You, you know what will get the city excited, though, Brant? I mean, I'd like to say it's the Pistons. I, I really would. Like, I would be excited about that. I'm not saying that they the city won't rally around the Pistons. It's the Lions. I, it's the Lions. If the Lions <laughs> win, this city, you're going to see folks skipping to work, smiling, high-fiving yeah, each other, low-fiving. Hey, how are you? But I'm telling you, man, it would change the culture of Detroit sports. If the Lions win – they make it to a playoff game. It's not going to be this year, but at how long, right? Like the following year, we should be pushing for the playoffs and you should be trying to not just make the playoffs, maybe host the playoff game, maybe win a playoff game. This city, Brant, and then we'll move on here. Can you imagine when the Lions win a playoff game? Can you imagine Dave, what that's going to be like? Dave, we, I, the people might know or they may not know that we're diehard, diehard Cowboys fans. Um, but I went to that Lions-Cardinals game in December last year. Remember the Lions upset? And it was electric. And that place was half full. And I was having the time of my life. And just watching Dan Campbell on the sidelines, getting after it. I mean, it was it was awesome. And if they can bring some of that... Yeah, you're right, man. They are the key to the city. They they are the darling for whatever reason. Everybody's lovable loser, if you will. Like, do you still love them? I mean, all these Lions fans, the Lions will never leave Detroit. Like, I hate when people say that. Like, oh, they'll just uproot them. No, they won't. They'll never leave. That place top 10 in sales. So, I don't know. But I would love to see them be a competent organization and win some damn games. All right. Yep. I, I completely agree. Let's shift gears, though. You ready to shift gears? Let's do it, man. Let's go. Okay. Brant, Michigan football. Not, not just Michigan football. Michigan and the NIL process. And, Brant, for, for, for folks that are listening, and I'm just thinking of, like, my grandma Sally. Shout out, Grandma, that is a, just a diehard follower of the show quick breakdown of what nil is go ahead i'm turning it to you what how has that shifted college sports because this was we're all we're basically on the one-year anniversary of and sometimes i feel like people like you and i we just nil nil and we talk about it but for our listeners that maybe aren't up on that what is the nil because we're basically one year out since that all took place in in the ncaa and in college sports so basically dave what it is is um, it's a student athlete can get paid for their name, their image, and their likeness. Um, so you're actually getting paid, you're getting royalties for whatever you can sell. So if you sign an autograph and you sell it, you can make your 15 bucks or whatever it is. I was actually on, um, here's a good example. I was on the Valiant uh, website today. That would be the University of Michigan's website that would promote um, 
trading cards or signed footballs or signed jerseys and things like that. Um, so you can actually go on there and you can purchase something that J.J. McCarthy has signed. I don't know if they have another athlete on the football team because it's all J.J. McCarthy. Um, you, you really don't see anybody else on there at the moment, but, um, you know, JJ's probably making a decent amount of money off of that. So that's what we talk about when we talk about NIL, um, where it gets a little interesting is you cannot use NIL in recruiting. And I think that's where people get confused about NIL. It's like, well, why can't I just offer a kid $500,000 to come here? Because by the rule definition, you can um, and actually there was a video last week or something of a Texas A&M coach saying, you know, if you come here, these boosters will pay you type of a thing. And that actually technically is illegal. Um, I don't know how they can enforce it. So that's something the NCAA hasn't figured out yet, but that is kind of an NIL breakdown. Basically the student athletes can earn a paycheck by doing things. Like I said, the autographs or however they want to make money, they can do it. Uh, basically performance driven is the way that Michigan will look at it. Um, but you shouldn't be paying athletes to come to your school as a recruiting tool. All that makes sense, Dave. Yeah, it sure does. And I mean, as you and I both know, no schools have ever forged money under the table to get recruits to come to their school. Yeah. Things are just, (laughs) yeah, things are just (laughs) above board now, but you know, it's kind of like the same old hat, though. You're not supposed to do this, but if you do it, I don't know what the penalties will be, and I don't know how enforceable they are. Right. I don't think anybody knows. I mean, it, the bottom line is, is for the average listener, college sports is changing. You're going to have to get used to it. I'm trying to get used to it. Brant, I am Clint Eastwood, get off my lawn, baby boomer right now. I am. I don't I, I don't do that. Don't be that guy, Dave. Come on. I know, but but I, I know I'm trying to be better than that. But I'm that guy right now. And I watch all I watch how this is all playing out. And I get stuck between a rock and a hard place because do I think for these universities that are making millions, billions of dollars off of these student athletes throwing their bodies out there on the line? And these kids never seen a, even a nickel of that. Is that a problem? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, the, because they're making money off these kids' backs. And on the flip side of that, there's the argument of, well, their payment is their education. Well, okay. Yeah. Let me just break that down for a second. Theoretically, that sounds really good. Like, yeah, but we're giving you a chance at an education. But we all know how that actually plays out. Uh, these kids who are destined for the league, whether that be the NBA, the NFL, you name it, um, they're different. And, and they're not staying there for all four years. And the bottom line is, at the end of the day, is that they are going to come there and J.J. McCarthy, for example, is going to make this university a lot of money. And J.J. should be making a portion of that money. My, my issue is it has just muddied the water so much. The NCAA has no leadership, no clue on how to rein this all in right now. It's out of control, and it's just a mess. And it's very frustrating to me as just a loyal NCAA fan to just see these chips fall. And I, you're, you're seeing USC, UCLA joining the Big Ten, it's you're having these super conferences created the sec 
Texas, Oklahoma, they were the first ones to make that move. It's I brand I do feel like I'm that guy that's just I cringe when I when I'm watching these news updates. Like I absolutely hate it. I hate it. And I'm gonna move past it and I don't want to spend any time on it because the bottom line is is it is what it is. It's happening. And Brant, that leads me to my point. It's happening. So while it's happening, Michigan is dragging their feet. Now, I don't know. Did you see the news that came out today, Brant? Do you know what happened today, Wednesday, July 13th? Pretty big move for the University of Michigan. No. You didn't? Okay. I'm going to fill you in. The univer- I, I'm bringing up his name because I forgot it. The University of Michigan hired a new president today. That's huge. Oh, okay. You know, I did. I heard, yeah, I heard that a couple hours ago. Yeah, now that you say that. But I knew that whoever they were going to hire, I did know that whoever they were going to hire was going to have a NIL approach. They would be getting on this. I was pretty much, the the person that I was listening to said that they would be highly focused on getting this figured out. Well, his first name is Santa, and I'm going to tell you, I hope Santa's bringing some recruiting presents t- this year for Christmas because he is a forward-thinking, quote-unquote, I'm just taking this from the Detroit Free Press articles I've read, a forward-thinking guy when it comes to this stuff about the NIL, which could be a huge step for Michigan, but we don't know what that looks like yet. He doesn't even step into this role for another three months, I believe, so I'm not going to spend time on it. The bottom line is, is that Michigan – as they've always done, right? And and maybe if you're a Michigan fan listening to this, this bothers you because Michigan just always does it the right way. They're going to do it the right way. They're going to do it with pride and with tradition and you name it. But the reality is, no matter how you flip it, twist it, whatever you make it, whatever you want to make it sound like, Brant, Michigan is dragging their feet when it comes to the NIL. And Hunter Dickinson, center for University of Michigan basketball, called him out months ago. Said Michigan's going to lose out big time on recruits from how they're handling this. We hope it changes, but you're seeing how this plays out right now. Brant, Michigan had two five-star quarterbacks in their backyard. C.J. Carr, who was literally born to be... he. Grandson of Lloyd Carr, by the way, for those of you that are listening. C.J. Carr played football in Ann Arbor, has been wearing maize and blue since he was a, before he, he was drooling on himself, basically. C.J. Carr, I'm not blaming this on just on NIL. I think it's just the whole process in general right now, rec- recruiting where it's at in Michigan. C.J. Carr gone, off to Notre Dame. And on top of that, you lose out on C.J. Carr. And Michigan fan says, well, but Dante Moore, Detroit King, he's right there too in your backyard. He's been flirting with Michigan for years. You got to go get that kid. Well, Brant, this is an NIL issue because where did Dante Moore end up? Oregon. Oregon. Oregon, sweet Oregon with the Nike uniforms, with the all the swag that they bring to their program. and, and Yeah, and they're in a pack eight. Yeah, a pack eight. Where's Oregon going? Oh, guess what? Oregon, could they end up in the Big Ten? Who knows? I mean, the thing is, is you're just seeing how this all unfolds. And to see Michigan sit back with their tail tucked between their legs, like, well, we're going to sell these kids on tradition. Transformational before transactional. Well, that's a really cute quote, Jim. 
and I get it. And it's going to make a lot of folks in older generations happy. Yeah, we're going to teach these kids to do it right. Well, you want to know what's not fun, Brant? Let me tell you what's not fun. Winning eight games. Yeah. It's not. Dave, Dave I'm going to challenge you just a little bit here. Um, because I know that you are upset with the NIL situation and we might be able to blame some of it on there, but I'm not letting Harbaugh and the recruiters off the hook on this one. Like this is also their fault. Like to, to think that it's, it's, I think it's lazy for us to just sit here and happen. So, well, the two quarterbacks that were in our backyard got away. No, I don't think so. I don't think that Jim gets off that easy. That's not. That's not how this works. Um, from everything I've heard on the inside track, Dave, I, they weren't really invested in either of them. Like, they didn't spend the time. They didn't roll out the red carpets for these kids. And that's their own fault. And whether they were depending on, hey, we'll give them some money once they get here and that'll be okay. Um, or if you're not trying as hard as Oregon is, then that's unacceptable. If you didn't try as hard as Notre Dame did or Oregon, to me, that's inexcusable. And that is... <laughs> Honestly, like that, that is absolute garbage to me. I, that, Brant, you, you know, you don't have to convince me of any of that. I've, I'm on, I've been on the, that hate train for Jim Harbaugh for years. And I know he just had a great season and, and Brant, I'm going to locate, let me push back a little bit. You told me months ago and, and maybe this is accurate. Maybe, maybe it is. And maybe it didn't have any impact on anything. But months ago, when Jim, after the best Michigan football season that they have had in, I don't know, well over a decade, they go, they win the Big Ten championship, they make it to the college football playoff, and you follow that up with the worst recruiting cycle that you've had under Jim Harbaugh. You're ranked 55th nationally. I know it jumped a little bit recently. You're in the 40s now, whatever. You 36 today. Okay, great. 30, 36. Woohoo. That's that's outstanding. Not since my sarcasm. I it is inexcusable to me that you follow up that season with that. And and you told me Dave when football rolls around people will forget that Jim flirted with the NFL like this. I don't know, Brent. I don't know. I I think that the timing of all of that is p- still playing out. On okay, Dave. Day, Jim interviews for with the Vikings. It's a done deal. Well, they actually don't want him, and all of a sudden he's a Michigan man. And once again, he'll do this job for free. Ho hum, bring it back. I'm a lifer to Michigan. I just don't. I don't buy that. None of that had an impact on what's happening right now. Michigan is garbage right now in recruiting, and and Michigan fan, you're not going to feel it this year. You may not feel it the next year. You're going to feel this in three years. If they they yeah, okay. get it together. I, I understand that, Dave. And my point was more to when we're 4 0, no one's going to look back and say, hey, remember National Signing Day when Jim was flirting with the Vikings or he interviewed with the Vikings? No one's actually going to say that. But I mean, we're still in July. And yeah, two quarterbacks just got out of our backyard and we didn't even. It, it felt like we didn't even have a chance at either of them, honestly. So, yeah, that's going to look terrible, and people are going to bring that point up, and rightfully so. He should get grilled for that one. And if you do have a 
recruiting class that ranks in between 30 and 40, you should also get grilled for that coming off winning the Big Ten. Absolutely, you don't get off the hook on that. Completely agree. Um, but I, I just I, – Dave, back to my original point, I just think it's lazy of Michigan fans because they do this. I've listened to a lot of content where a lot of Michigan fans just say, well, you know, he's kind of hamstrung by the NIL and that's, that's kind of that. No, it's not. You can't tell me – Notre Dame is handing out bags. Like, I just don't believe that. I mean, I'm sure it's somewhere in the range of, let's just say it was 10 to 50 grand for each recruit, whatever. Obviously, Michigan could do that. I don't know if they are doing that. I I don't know, whatever. I'm just saying Notre Dame appears to be doing something that we're not, and they're ranked number one, and they're in South Bend, Indiana. They're tough to get into academically, and they're a a conservative college, if you will, whatever. They, They have all of the same requirements that Michigan would probably have, right? So you can't tell me that it's that big of a difference. And we probably have a bigger extensive uh, donor group to grab from than Notre Dame would. So all of it's there. It's just I think it's lazy of Michigan fan to say, yeah, it's the NIL. It's not, it's not really anything else at the moment. I, I, I can't disagree with that. I guess to bring it back to the NIL conversation is – I don't feel like Michigan, the marketing of all of this, of the NIL process of like, what does it mean when you come to Michigan and you're you're right, Brandon, they can't recruit at like Jim Harbaugh can't sit in a recruits house and start talking about NIL and the deals and all that. But the bottom line is other universities and other coaches have found a way to work together to figure this out. And we have not. And I think it's a huge problem, to be quite honest with you. I don't agree with where it's at right now, but that's neither here nor there. The reality is that's happening. And I think Michigan, once again, is behind. We are behind in this process, and it's going to hurt us. Once again, I'm going to enjoy this fall. Like, for the the average listener listening to, to me gripe right now, I'm going to enjoy this fall. To Brand's point, probably are going to be 4-0. Sure, 6-0. We should be. we got a cake schedule. Like, what? we'll get into that later on in, in, in the podcast. Not this podcast, but, you know, in a, in a few weeks as we break down the schedule. You should be, right? And, and winning cures everything. But the bottom line is, is that in a few years, and you look at the talent that we have here or don't have here, and you look at who's winning, and you're bringing in Lincoln Riley from USC into the Big Ten to compete with Ryan Day, who said, I need whatever his quote was, I need $13.5 million to keep these kids here or to run this program the way I want to run it. I don't know, Brant. Things like that seem to have an impact. It seemed to have an impact. Would you disagree? No, I don't disagree, but also I don't know what that does for Ohio State at the, at the same time. It seems messy. I, I don't think that should be your message. If it is your message, you shouldn't say it publicly. I, I think that comes off as brash and stupid, to be to be frank. Um, and I think Ryan Day even went back to retract those comments, like, man, maybe I shouldn't have came out and said that. We, we need all of that to happen. But I think he's looking at it and saying, look what Jimbo did. Look what Texas A&M did. They handed out the bags and they got the players, the same thing that Nick Saban was upset. But now you have Nick Saban coming out today, uh, yesterday, whatever it was. Dave, did you watch that interview with Greg McElroy? No, I did not. Okay, well, basically, he said, <laughs> he said NIL is making college football less competitive. 
Let me translate that for you, Brant. NIL has ruined all the under the table stuff that I've been doing for years where I got magically all the best five star recruits in the country. And now I am very concerned and I will probably retire soon because it's, it is leveling the playing field. Yeah. So he thinks it's going to make it less. He thinks it's going to make it less competitive. So he says that, uh, now you're going to have more haves than you will have have-nots or whatever. I guess it's – Oh, I'm sorry. The, I, I, I'm sorry. Nick yeah. Saban's been concerned about that. He's been, he's been yeah. concerned about the haves and the have-nots as he yeah, has, so what is, has routinely seen, what, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, what, Oklahoma, Notre Dame. I so mean, what is he – His, his, his comment was – yeah, his comment was the rich will get richer – and this is what he literally said. And he said, I'm the richer. I am the richer. So I, I, all it's going to do is make us more powerful is basically what he said. But he's not. And Branton, that is a problem right there. Because what Nick Saban's running into, he's trying to make this sound like right now he's the good guy. The rich, Like right. me, I'm the winner. I'm the guys like me. We're just going to continue to get better. I'm so concerned about the sport. Oh, that is garbage. What Nick yeah, Saban so he's has found out through this NIL process is you d- you want to know who doesn't have the same booster money as a Texas A&M, as Texas football? Uh, guess who doesn't have that money? The uni- Alabama. Yeah. They don't have it. Right. They don't have it. And he's concerned. And, and Nick Saban, ain't, he's not sticking around, Brant. And I'm telling you right now, he's going to – and I cannot – I agree with Jimbo Fisher to a T, actually. I And I think Nick Saban, he's going to scurry on out of here. And I, I – at the end of the day, he's going to try to take the high road. Like, you know what? That just wasn't for me. It's basically, I mean, it's like, I don't want to say, I don't want to throw Tom Izzo into that same conversation. A lot of college basketball coaches are bowing out or they have bowed out they because are. it's not for them. Sure. Um, sure. And, and so it, it's a little bit rich to hear Nick Saban say all of these things. And um, I, I guess he's very upset that, that, the, that the, let, the playing field will be so many there will be like three or four really good teams and then everyone else but i don't think you're going to see that and i think what this is ultimately going to lead to the nil and all of this stuff the super conferences all of these things dave what is it going to lead to it's going to lead to expanded playoffs that's the number one goal out of all of this i think dave is that you want expanded playoffs you want more revenue you want more teams to split I guess you don't want more teams to split the pie, but the pie will be so much bigger off of more playoff games, Dave, that all of a sudden player safety and all that stuff that I think you even talked about it last fall. You can't have all of these things and think that you're keeping these players safe. Guess what, Dave? They're not going to care. They are not going to care. And so you might see 16 game seasons. You might see 17 game seasons because you want to know what they're going to say. I gave you $50,000. What are you complaining about? I I completely agree, and I will as as we transition into the last segment here, I'm gonna just give Nick Saban just a like. I appreciate you sharing his comments, but basically this is how I felt, man. I just. I mean, it was kind of disgusting the way Greg McElroy was loving on him too. He was like, "Oh my god, you're the greatest of all time!" Like we know that. Oh, it was disgusting. It was hard to watch. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, people, it is, it's cringeworthy, cringeworthy for me to, like, hear that. I don't know. Whatever. The NIL stuff, I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. I hope Michigan gets their stuff together to hopefully right the ship and get on track with where college sports are moving. Well, that is TBD. Brant, this last segment is a little bit of buy or sell. And I did not forewarn you that we were doing a buy or sell segment. Brant has not heard these. I'm going to put you on the spot. I'll add my insight into each of them as we go. Uh, but buy or sell. And, and for folks that don't listen to sports radio normally, I'm going to read some statements, if you will. S- statements. And I want to hear buy. Brant says buy. That means, yeah, I I agree with that. That's going to happen. He says sell. No way. And he's probably got a counterpoint. So, Brant, are you ready for this? All right. I'm ready. Okay, Brant, buy or sell number one. The Lions win a playoff game before the Tigers win a playoff game. Boy, I have to buy it. <laughs> I have to buy it. Yeah, you did. But I'll buy it. The Lions win a playoff game is actually I will buy, so hard for you. I will, buy, I will buy it, and I will tell you why. The Tigers are a lost organization. They are so bad. It's so it's so much easier to envision a baseball team making a rebuild and a flip than a football team. But it is so bad for the Tigers organization right now that they're going to keep Alavila. Unless you, I mean, you made a comment about them firing him. I doubt it. I I don't see that happening. But um, either way, I will buy the Lions winning a playoff game. I think the NFC North will turn into garbage at some point once Aaron Rodgers leaves. So give me the buy on that, Dave. You okay? Yeah, I, I'm going to take the buy on that, too. And I, and it's hard to do because you're like, whoa, whoa, the Lions winning. Because right now, from our previous segment, you're like, oh, of course the Lions. But to say the Lions, I'm going to put those words together again for the listeners. The Lions win a playoff game before, I don't know, that's like before I step foot on Mars. So that's like basically the same comment. And I'm saying buy. I'll buy that as well. Brant, next one. The Red Wings make the playoffs before the Pistons. Sell. I'll sell that. Uh, I'll sell that just as of now. The, The Eastern Conference is just, I don't think it's that great. Um, I think that the Detroit Pistons is going to have a quicker turnaround than the Red Wings. The Red Wings are going to be super young. They're going to be talented, but I think it's going to be an easier turnaround. I think they make the playoffs not this year coming up, but the next year after. So Stevie Y just got his guy from Tampa, assistant coach over there. I yep. it, If we recorded this days before what happened today in free agency, I would have said sell with you. But – Based off the moves that Stevie Y made today, I'm going to buy that. I think the Red Wings do make the playoffs before the Pistons, and I'm going to double down because there's a strong possibility that the Wings make the playoffs this year and the Pistons may make the play-in. And and if that's the case, well, then it's a wash. So I'll change that to say who wins a playoff series first. I'm going to say the Red Wings. I think off their signings today, I think, and obviously the draft picks that they've made, having the rookie of the year, Mo Sider, give me the wings. Um, and, and that, 
I don't want to say it hurts me to say I'm cheering for both teams, but as a Pistons fan, um, I, I just think that Eastern Conference is loaded in the NBA right now, and the Pistons might not be quite there yet. Brant, next one. Go ahead. You, you have something else to say? Just keep that receipt, if All you right. wouldn't mind. That's good. No, that's great. I hope you're right. Trust me, man. I'm a bigger <laughs> Pistons fan. Trust me. Um, Michigan beats Ohio State again during the Harbaugh tenure. Buy easy buy that one to me. I, I think that I, we had a peg last year as a Michigan win at home. It was kind of blind faith, but also there was some statistics to back it up, Dave. And we'll get into this later on in the episodes, I'm sure. But Ohio's de- Ohio State's defense is it fixed? They hired a new defensive coordinator, I know that they got a guy from Oklahoma State who they don't play any defense in the Big 12. Until I watch Ohio State play defense, I'm not buying that. So I will buy that Michigan has a chance against them. And right now, they're pretty deep. This is a good football team. I mean, Michigan is a good football team. So I think that they could beat them next year. And if not, the year after that. And Harbaugh will still be there because no one else in the NFL will want him. I'll buy it for the sake of it makes me nauseous to say sell. Um, (laughs) I, I... think the future of Michigan football is in question if we don't get the all this NIL and the recruiting stuff figured out ASAP. 24 and 25 are a ways away, my friend. Yeah, right, exactly. We're recording this in 2022, but I'm going to buy that just because I think Michigan should at least be competitive in the next year or two with hopefully having J.J. McCarthy behind center. All right, I, we'll spend more time on that later on. Brant, next one. Jawan Howard leaves the University of Michigan before Jim Harbaugh. I'll sell that. I'll sell that because I think that Jim Harbaugh has three or four years left, and I think Jawan is here until he wins a championship, and I think that could take five or more years. I think Jawan won't spend 10 years here, but I think I could see five to eight years, sure. I don't think Jim makes it five years. Um, so I think that was a sell. Is that what I said? Yeah, you are. You're selling okay. it. The, the statement was Jawan Howard leaves the University of Michigan before Jim Harbaugh. I'm going to buy that. And this is why I think Jim's career has ran its course. He will be he will retire from coaching football at the University of Michigan. I'll be surprised if he ends back up in the NFL. Who knows? I mean, we'll probably hear rumors next spring. I'm sure we we always do every year. I have a feeling that Jawan once Jet leaves his son. I think he wants to see he wants to coach his sons at U of M where he attended. Like it totally makes sense. Um Jawan Howard already has interest from the NBA uh, and he hasn't done anything to really alter that interest. No, he hasn't won a championship, but he's competing every year. He, he is going to attract NBA jobs. He has NBA connections. He connects with NBA players. Um, I think that once his boys leave, I think Jawan's out. I hope not, but that's my opinion. Brant Jamison Williams scores more than five touchdowns this season and little asterisk here. Jameson is starting this season on the injured reserve list. Yeah, week six, back right? from a torn ACL. They're thinking he could be back in October ish, right? Like week six, which leaves him. Let's just call it like 
10 games to play. So, Brant, the, the statement was Jameson Williams scores more than five touchdowns this season. Buy or sell? I'll buy it. He's so talented. He's just a talented guy, and if you get him the ball in space, he'll make things happen. Like I talked earlier, that division is not good. I don't know how many games that leaves against the Bears or the Vikings, but if he gets two each of those, he'll score enough. Um, I know they have a game against the Texans and the Jaguars. All right. So, yeah, I, I think I think I'll buy that one. Okay, I'll I'll buy it, but I think it's right around that number. And the reason why is I love J-Mo when the, the, I can't say when the Lions draft him because there were other guys on the board. I'm like, Ooh, but when, I mean the Jameson Williams picks, it was kind of a sexy pick. Right. And, and he, he can take the top off of defense. Like, and I'm not the first person to say that he just is that type of player. My concern is, and I know I just bought this, but my concern is your quarterback is Jared Goff who cannot throw. He can't, he can't exploit defenses the way Jameson Williams is going to take the top off the defense. He can't get the ball there. So I, I don't know. I think Jameson, a, he's a playmaker. He'll find a way to get five touchdowns once he's able to play. But I've got some doubts on that one. Brant, next one. Al Avila is still with the Tigers heading into next season. Now, oh, bye. Bye. I am so, I am so sick Hill of this organization. Yeah. I they're like best friends i don't know what it is he loves them for whatever reason it's disgusting um he'll be back next he's got the plan man he's got the plan and illich is soft and he's just whatever he i don't think he cares much honestly i mean they act like they care but they they do things so backwards riley green's been a really nice riley green's been a really nice piece but I, i i he'll come back next year He'll get credit for that, even though he was by far the best player in that draft or whatever. That's what I'm saying. Like, we were talking about guys like, oh, was like Spencer Torkelson. Like, oh, you Riley should. Green. And he's had his struggles, by the way. But you should hit on those picks. You're supposed to, man. When you're drafting at the top like that, you're supposed to get Riley Green. You're supposed to get Spencer Torkelson. You're supposed to get Casey Mize, who now has got Tommy John surgery. Like, that I don't give you credit for drafting those guys. The the trades that have been made have yeah. resulted in basically nothing. We're in like a seven year rebuild or what whatever in the world this is at this point. Um I'm gonna sell this just for the sake of hoping, Brant. I unfortunately kind of agree with you that I think Chris Illich is yeah, whatever. Vanilla on this, just keep El Avila here, but I, I'm gonna sell it. I, I hope he's gone. Next one. There was some drama this offseason between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. And basically, to recap it for our audience, Jimbo Fisher, well, actually, I'll start with Nick Saban. Nick Saban basically claimed that Texas A&M, who Jimbo Fisher is the head coach of, Texas A&M bought their number one recruiting class through the NIL process. And Brant talked about it earlier. Nick's, he's got sour grapes about the whole NIL thing and yada, yada, yada. But the bottom line, the bottom line is Jimbo Fisher punched back and he called out Nick Saban and it got deep and he was pissed. Yeah, he was. (laughs) And he basically said in more or less words, Nick Saban's been doing this for years and he's got a whole lot of skeletons in his closet before it was legal. 
And he never did anything illegal. So, Brent, the buy or sell is this. Alabama blows out Texas A&M this year when they play. I'll buy it. It's in Tuscaloosa. Saban's going to be mad as all get out. He, You want to talk about hanging 100? He will not have anything. He will not have a brake pedal on that car. Like it will be full go. Um, no, ch- if it, if the game was in um, College Station or wherever they play, I don't know Texas A and M, but I, I would give them a chance. Uh, I give them no chance against that offense uh, in Tuscaloosa. I buy it as well. And Jimbo may have gotten the number one recruiting class this year, but you got a bunch of true freshmen that are not yeah. going to be immediate contributors. Alabama is going to blow the top off that game. It may be close at first, and it may be chippy at first. I could see that even coming out of the tunnel being that type of game, and you got head coaches who don't like each other. For that reason alone, I think I could see it starting close. Alabama is going to destroy them. I would buy that. Next one, Brant. Jaden Ivey makes all-rookie first team. Jaden Ivey, by the way, for those who don't watch the Pistons, he was their number five overall draft pick this year who looked electric in his short stint in the summer league. Jaden Ivey makes all-rookie first team, and we know Brant wasn't a huge Jaden Ivey fan from Purdue with all the big men <laughs> basketball he watched. Uh, I'll sell it. I only sell this because there's there's a decent chance he gets hurt. or The, uh, the NBA is full of weird things that happen. And Cade Cunningham posted ridiculous numbers and couldn't even win the rookie of the year. So I, I would say um, you said first team, right? All rookie first team is five, five guys. I, I, know, I, I know that. And they'll put five guards on there if they have to. You know what I mean? Like if they're you, like, they don't try to build an actual team. Like they'll take the five best players. I, I just don't think so. I don't know. I just, the odds are that he won't be on that team. I'll buy that. He'll make it. He will be because in this draft class alone, I don't, I, I'm just thinking of who was taken there. I pa, Paulo Bancaro will, will for sure make it. Chet Holmgren most likely going to make it. Jamari, Jamari Smith, question mark. Keegan Murray. He's probably the biggest lock outside of Paulo Bancaro. That's going to make that. Cause he's most NBA ready to play after those guys. And I know, that's Your boy Shane Sharp. Don't hate yeah, on him. Shane Sharp. Yeah, no. Shane Sharp can't. He doesn't play basketball, but he's plays basketball apparently. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't see. I can't name other guys. Maybe a Dyson Daniels to the Pelicans. I. I don't know. Jane Ivey's going to make all rookie first team. What about Jalen Ben Math? Oh yeah. My, yeah, Ben Math though. Ben Matherin. But still, that's not doesn't even complete the list. Ben Math. He's a stud, but I, I don't know. I, I think Jaden Ivey is walking into a really good situation where he's going to get a lot of minutes. He's going to turn over the ball a lot, but he's going to put up some stats, and he's going to get some run with both Cade and Killian coming off the bench, and I, I think that the both of those guys say what you will about Killian Hayes. They're both playmakers, and they're going to get him the ball, and he's going to be put in a situation that is very different than playing with Edie in Purdue and just playing with some bigs that just don't help his game at all. I, th- I think Kate Cunningham immediately makes Jaden Ivey better, and I think Killian Hayes does as well. 
Um, so I, I'm buying that. All right, Brant, you're going to love this next one. Hats off. Mel Tucker is building something special in East Lansing, and we need to keep an eye on it. Buy. Buy for sure. Keep two eyes on it. Like, it's... <laughs> Get off this podcast. <laughs> I'll have I to buy it, man. For garage takes. No, it's... It's an easy buy for me. Uh, he's doing something special. He's got to get that defense figured out. That should be your next buy or sell. Does Ohio State score 50 more points on him in September, October when they play? Um, but, yeah, I think, he's got, I think he's got something special going there for sure. Uh, the recruiting classes have been good. Um, Mel, this is the problem for Michigan is that Mel Tucker's team and Michigan State is not scared of Michigan. Like, they're not scared of them. They're not scared of Ohio State, I don't think. They're here for a dogfight every single time. So um, that's something to keep an eye on. I don't think they have enough talent this year to do anything super special, but they are a good football team. Uh, It bothers me to say this, but you're right. I would buy it. I would buy it. I think Mel Tucker's a smart guy. He, and, you know, I'll give my props when I think they're due. I, I, I think that Mel Tucker is building something special in East Lansing. Not special. Of, like, I don't see, and this is not a slight. Like, I know we have Michigan State fans that listen to this. This is not a slight to the Michigan State program. As a Michigan fan, I just consider all the NIL stuff, and I think Michigan State's ahead of it in terms of, like, comparing them to Michigan. But we're not just talking about Michigan versus Michigan State. Do I think Mel Tucker is going to beat Jim Harbaugh a few more times? Yep, I do. I, I, I do. I think he is building something special in that sense. Building something special as in you're going to see Michigan State compete for a national championship? No, I don't think so. Um, but building something special, meaning of like what he's given and just where they're located and competing in the same state as Michigan, not just playing each other on the field, but the, the recruiting battles and all of that. Um, I think he's done a very, very good job, and I'm keeping a really close eye on them. Um, I, I'm I'm buying, defining the word special. I think Mel Tucker's doing something special in East Lansing. All right, Brant, we got three more, and then we're out of here. Well, four. There's a bonus one. Jared Goff is the Lions QB1 starting quarterback for the duration of the 2023-2024 season. Buy? Oh. Question mark? <laughs> I guess oh. I have to buy that. I don't know why. I just – isn't his contract up this year? They'd have to resign him, right? Uh, I well, think that's no, his contract. Ha- I thought he has one more year. I thought it was – Okay, well – yeah. If he ha- if he has another year after that this then yeah for sure. Um I think they win too many games this year. I talked about it last year. I think no, they're going to win too about many his tiny hands last year. That's <laughs> my- <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for the sitcom drop. Appreciate that. But I'm just telling you like the- if they win 9 or 10 games, they're stuck with him and they did this to themselves. So I think they have a very good chance to win Six, seven, eight games. So, okay. I the the exact word that I threw in here that I'm going to say sell on is for the duration of the 2023 2024 season. Oh, I, good wordplay, Dave. Well yeah, done could, by I could, you. He, I I could see him. <laughs> I I could see him being there for sure, but I don't. 
I hope he's not the quarterback. I'll just put it that way. I hope he's not. I'm going to sell that. I think hopefully they draft somebody in the top 10 next year. They may be better this coming year, but they're not going to be like competing for the playoffs. All right. Lincoln Riley wins a – so Lincoln Riley, listeners, USC head coach coming over from Oklahoma. They are joining the Big Ten, not next year, but in 2024. Is that correct, Brant? believe so yep 2024 yep 2024 you got a couple of couple of seasons to play by still lincoln riley wins a big 10 championship before jim harbaugh wins another one so i'll sell that i mean jim's got two more chances with the timing look when they're coming look where michigan (laughs) is struggling right now look where we're struggling okay dave but who is winning the Big Ten championship this coming year? I mean, we don't want to get into this right no, now. We're not getting into this right now. I'm not ready. I'm just telling. Now. I'm just telling you, it's one of three teams, though. They have a 33 percent chance to win it this year. It's going to go down as soon as USC and UCLA join. Um, and I think that in the next two years, he has a very good shot at winning it before they even join. Okay. So you're banking on in the in the, in the next two years. So so to, to put you on the spot here, Michigan's going to win the Big Ten championship this year or next year. I just told you that we're not going to get into it, but I said they have their best chance in the next two years than uh, after the, the next two, whatever, 24. 24 and Thank you, crowd. I appreciate that. Hey, Guys, that's listen. a that's a bull take. No, that's good. I I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it just because I want to buy it, and you know how I really actually feel about this. But I'm gonna buy that Jim's gonna win one before Lincoln Riley gets even to the Big Ten. I hope. All right. Kate Cunningham wins Most Improved Player this year or the following year. So, going to sell this. Uh, I we go back. NBA and I just am not a believer it's they're so tough to do the odds are against you I don't like it and I I will sell it I'm gonna buy it I think what's tough for Cade is and I'm a huge Cade Cunningham fan what's tough for him is he had a great rookie season and didn't win rookie of the year he averaged 17 6 and 6 which if you listen back to podcasts right when we started this thing, I said that Cade would average like 15, five and five. And Brant was like, that's a hot take. Like those are really good stats. And Cade went above and beyond that and finished like third in rookie of the year voting behind Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes. That's just the reality, honestly, of playing in Detroit, Detroit versus everybody. That's where you hear this stuff from. Um, I think Cade's going to be a superstar. And I've said that since they drafted him. I loved him at Oklahoma State. I love him here. I think he is – I don't know if it'll be this coming season because he's playing with more and more young players. But I think next, either this coming season or the year after, he's going to take a big leap. And people will talk – about Cade Cunningham as the as the next superstar in the NBA. Not the next superstar, but he'll be in the conversation. He'll be in the top five conversation. Absolutely. In the job ja Morants and like he he's gonna be in that conversation. 
Sounds like you bought that on FanDuel too, huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Toss some dollars in on that. And then last but certainly not least, buy or sell episode. I am a better golfer than you. And that's actually not even that's not a that's not a question that's a statement I just had to, I had to throw that in there the ep, the the buyer sell is actually done um I don't I don't even want to hear your response to that but um it, it's there it's out there Brant season two episode one man it is so good to be back with you in all honesty and and being for real here. I've missed this. It is. I'm just so excited for football season, to be honest with you. And I know I started the episode this way, but for folks that have made it throughout this episode, please, please, please hit the subscribe, follow button. Give us a five-star rating. At this point, we've had sponsors reaching out that actually are interested in the show. We've had enough downloads on episodes and that'll help us out a ton. And that's what they judge a lot of this off of. If you follow or subscribe, so five-star ratings, follow or subscribe. We appreciate you. Brant, any last words before we get on out of here? Yeah, Dave, we're going to have some social media stuff too, right? Like we've talked about that. Um, So it'll be easy for you guys to um, ask questions or just put a comment up there. Or if we put a comment up there, you guys can comment on it. So um, I have some crazy hot takes that I like to put out there every now and then on my own personal Facebook that I'd like to bring to that page. So um, just to get some more fan interaction or just listener interaction, I guess. So, yeah, uh, let's get involved this year. Let's take this thing to the next level. Let's do it. Let's take it to the next level, man. Great to see you as always. And Garage Takes, Season 2, Episode 1. We're out of here. Powered by Riverside.